Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Monday Distillery, who makes sophisticated, elk-free drinks that still have all the taste of a good time. G&T without the tears, whiskey without the wobbles, and other delicious cocktails too. Switching the ritual instead of ditching the ritual is so much easier. Stay in high spirits, keep a clear mind, head to mondaydistillery.com for more. So you've got your online gig tomorrow night, which will be... Last night, yesterday, when this podcast is out on Sunday, your gig would have been the night before, but Mm -hmm. organizing your rider to have at home, because the online gig's going to be in this studio, this very studio. Um, That's quite simple for me. What's going to be on your rider? Heaps normal. (laughs) Heaps normal, I tell you. (laughs) The wonderful beer that it is. How many are you going to have? I could knock over four, I would say. I don't get... I get moreish on flavour, but I don't really get moreish on. Um, I don't get moreish in that way of just like sinking twenty in a night, you know, because I feel like it's the probably the alcohol content that gets you on a roll normally. Whereas actually, when you're drinking something like heaps normal, you notice how full you are. Um, mm. But I tell you what, it was good at a party the other day, and um, it's good. Oh, it's just wonderful to just have a, a cool, refreshing ale of an afternoon. It's not an ale, technically. A cool, refreshing lager. But- I think it's a lager. It's actually not a lager either. <laughs> it's a... Um, what is it? It's not an IPA either. XPA? Something. It's a nice beer. Let's put yeah. it that way. It's refreshing. It's beery. It's nice. It's got no alcohol or stuff all enough to call it a non-alcoholic beer, and it's nice. Yeah, so it does have a small little tiny bit, though. It would take eight heaps normals to equal a VB or something like that, maybe more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, anyway, I don't really get that buzz on, um, but what I do get is the flavor on, and I get to have a beer. So I love it. Nice. So that's on your rider now. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Mm, it's awesome. Any food? No. <laughs> There's food on my normal rider, but I want to change that. Like, actually, what's good is... um. wish I got a rider. 
It's pretty cool when you get a writer. Yeah. Um, I have sangers on there, but they always bring them out like after you've already eaten a meal or like at the end of the night or whatever. It's and like, they're always that crappy white bread though, I find. Yeah, see, I'm being a whinger now. But like um, <laughs> I do like them when I'm super hungry. It's awesome to have one of them when you're at soundcheck. Anyway, so... <laughs> I digress. No white bread sandwiches and a few heaps for you for the, the rider yeah. for tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah. Awesome. And anyone that's interested in grabbing some heaps normal... The kind folk over there for our listeners are offering free shipping. All you have to do at checkout is put in the code H-I-Q-A through their website, heapsnormal.com. Mm-hmm. And they are beautiful. They really are. He really, He's really into them. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr, and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today in the studio, I'm here with my lovely hubby, Ash. Hey, Ash. Howdy. How are you going? Pretty good. <laughs> I actually know how you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I'm going. <laughs> I reckon just dive straight in. Yeah, let's go. Let's get deep. <laughs> One of the things I wanted to discuss today, I've had a few messages from people saying that they've been quit for maybe a month or perhaps even since the start of the year. And now with Christmas coming up, they're starting to get mm-hmm. nervous with the work breakups or the family dinners and can they have a leave pass? <laughs> so I can't grant you a leave pass, <laughs> but I think what they're looking for is some advice really on that and, and my thoughts on it. I'm interested to hear yours, Ash, before I delve into mine. Okay. If anyone is leaning on somebody for a moral leave pass, I don't know, it's horses for courses, but if somebody asked me, I would just give them my advice, which they would probably find to be quite boring. Mine too, I think. But go. (laughs) Because you might be listening out there and you're looking for us to say, oh yeah, well, if you've got it under control now, um, yeah, maybe one won't hurt or, you know, something like that. But um, if you listen to last week's podcast with Scotty and Claire, um, they're a really good example because they did six months off and then they were in Europe and they said, oh, we're in Europe, we should be drinking wine, you know, let's not miss out here, that's silly. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up right back to where they were very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um not to say that will necessarily happen to you, but we do hear of a lot of stories of that happening. And when we did our first year, it was only a plan to take a year off, nothing more. And I still do think that that's a good idea to tell yourself, we're just having a year off and that's that. But at the end of that, what we had gained was a lot more than what we were giving up. And I do think that when you are in that mindset of, I've got this you know, 50th, 40th, 30th, Christmas, whatever event coming up, you're in that mindset of, oh, I'll just break for that. I very much doubt that you'll just break for that. Mm -hmm. If you start drinking again, I do, I hate to say it, I feel almost bad saying it, but if you do break that one time for that event, there is a very good chance that you will make up an excuse and start doing deals with yourself after that point yeah. and have other events <laughs> in I, inverted commas. I think I remember that slippery slope myself where I would take some time off and, you know, I would have said, that's it, I'm not drinking anymore after some big bender. 
And then within, say, four weeks or so, the amnesia has kicked in. And then I'd say to myself, I'll just have one or I'll just have one night off. And then um, that might last another week or two. And then I'd find some excuse or you and I would have a fight. Someone would piss me off or there'd always be some reason or maybe another event. Well, I'll just have one this time because it was fine. And then sure enough, it would creep back in. So my advice is, firstly, if you've gone this far, why look back? Why not challenge yourself even more again to say, I challenge myself to to keep going. Like I challenge myself to turn up to this thing and and have a crack and see how I feel. Because like I say, and I've said this so many times, no one ever regrets not drinking. So you know one thing's for sure. If you go to that event and you don't drink, you're not going to regret it. That's really important. Can you, yeah, just repeat that? (laughs) (laughs) If you go to that event and you don't drink, you're not going to regret it. At the moment, that event's coming up and you're thinking that if you go to it and you don't, drink, you will regret it. But really, we can tell you that we're pretty darn sure of this when we say, if you do go to that event that you thought you had to drink at, Mm -hmm. and you don't drink at it, you won't regret it. Controversial. Mm -hmm. But I I honestly think, I I just think that's um, just a really simple thing that people could tell themselves and it is true you're guaranteed that you oh i think you're pretty much guaranteed you won't regret it mm-hmm. but if you do drink you could regret it I'm not you, saying you will but you could you most yeah you probably will <laughs> yeah you probably will and you, yeah if you if you don't regret it this time you might regret it the next time but you've also got to weigh up is it worth it you know this um how good you've been feeling and all these benefits that you've been getting from not drinking, is it worth it just for that five minute little dopamine hit that you'll get? And then for, for what, you know, for the rest of the night? And I think here is the question, what's going on for you that you actually feel that you need it? Is it pressure from other people? Is it that you're feeling your self-confidence is low? There could be like little nuggets of wisdom in this resistance. So sometimes looking in and, and thinking, okay, what's actually going on here and what can I learn about myself from this? Like we were saying the other night with Scotty and Claire, I think I was I was saying something and I I hadn't thought about it in that way before, but you can feel uncomfortable in a social situation. You can do that. Mm-hmm. You don't think you can for some reason. Like we think, especially if we're being big drinkers, we think, I can't feel uncomfortable. I can't feel uncomfortable. Must get smashed. And then I'll make others feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And then (laughs) you're going to feel uncomfortable. And then I'll feel really uncomfortable when I see those people next time. But, yeah, it's okay to turn up to something and feel a little uncomfortable. And it's funny, you might find that after a while, once you ease into it, you actually don't feel so uncomfortable. But even if you felt uncomfortable all night, it's not the end of the world. It's not like um, somebody's going to shoot you for feeling uncomfortable or you're going to die of uncomfort, of discomfort. (laughs) You're not going to die of discomfort. But we tend to think, oh, no, I couldn't. Like when you're a drinker, you're like, oh, no, I couldn't not drink at this or I couldn't not drink at that. Lo and behold, you quit drinking, you find yourself at that thing and you're not drinking and it's fine. And you're like, oh, my God. 
Yeah. I thought not drinking would jump out and attack me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I think what, like, even thinking about that situation, then what is the worst thing that could happen? If you are there and you're there for, say, four hours, that's, that's a long time to be feeling uncomfortable. But, yeah, really, what is the worst thing that can happen? You could mm. sit there telling yourself everyone hates you all night or mm. you could have the inner critic going crazy. That's one thing. But there's not even any physical pain there. It's just a bit of you might leave mentally exhausted from fighting with your inner critic all night. But the, what I'm saying is, yeah, it's like that's probably the worst that's going to happen with it. And and like we said, that's if you do leave like that. That's worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of people tend to find is... Far from their worst nightmare, they actually thrive once they get into it mm-hmm. and they settle into it. Um, so that thing that you've been building up in your mind, you've done so well, but it's because you, you might have been doing a deal with yourself and thinking, oh, this one time I'm going to break it and I must do that. If you have been doing that deal with yourself and the date is coming up where you're thinking about drinking... But then another part of you saying, oh, my God, it's been so good not drinking. It's time to change the deal. You use the deal to get yourself this far, but now it's time to change the deal on yourself and say, you know what, self? I don't think we are going to drink at that thing because we're kicking ass Mm -hmm. being sober. And why would we fuck it up now? Yeah, don't fuck it up now. (laughs) That's what I... In fact, if anyone messages me again, that's the response you're going to get. <laughs> Instead of me being all like, well, you meet yourself where you're at. No, and I really do believe that. And I think, and, and what's important for you? So going back as well to where I said there's little nuggets of wisdom in that resistance. And so if it, even if it's not about a, a party that's coming up, the resistance when you find, when you're getting to that starting to start doing the deals in your head, When you're starting to think that I'll just have one, or even if you're not, even if it's like you had a week off and you want to start drinking, there's something telling you to to keep drinking. There's a reason why you want to keep drinking. So what is going on? What's the, what is really going on here? What happens if you don't have a drink? What goes Mm. on then? With someone I was coaching today that I said to her, so what will happen if you don't, like if you didn't drink? when you want to have a drink. She said, well, I would have to put up with my own thoughts. Mm. And I said, and what would be wrong with putting up with your own thoughts? Well, I'd probably get depressed. Mm. And I said, and what would that mean for you to be depressed? And she said, well, well, I feel sad. Mm. I said, okay, so could you sit in the sadness Mm. just for a moment? Could you acknowledge the sadness and be with it and just see what happens with it rather Mm. than trying to escape it? Because if we we keep trying to run from something, it's going to keep coming to find us. The old, what you resist persists. Yes. And that's a very Eckhart Tolle kind of idea too, like to sort of allow. Mm -hmm. And it's come up a lot in this work that we've been doing. I always say this thing, I don't even know if it's helpful, (laughs) but don't suffer twice. If you have no resistance, if you allow, you can just feel the feelings that you're feeling. You can feel the pain. Or allow whatever. the feelings to happen. You can allow the feel- yeah. feelings to happen. If you try to not allow, you'll still feel those feelings, but you'll also have a problem from what you're trying to suppress. The problem might be drinking. Yeah. So it's not just that. So it might not just be if you're wanting to relax. It could be for whatever. There's a million reasons that we drink, but there's always something more to it. You know, so dig deep, find out what that is and keep asking questions. So what if, 
what if, what if, so what if I didn't do that? Or what if I did sit in my own shit for a bit? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Could I learn something about myself? That's what I'm saying in this resistance, this thing that's pulling you to drink, that's where all the good, that's where all the knowledge is. Mm. That's where the wisdom is. Mm. So if you can dig into that a little bit, this is a good time to start doing that. Could almost savor it because it's mm. like, that's when you're, yeah, that's when you're working out your deep problems. One other thing I was thinking that's quite simple. You know, you've got something coming up. You think, okay, I've been not drinking for X amount of time. Probably you're going to say it's been awesome. But there's one part of you that really looks forward to giving up and just that relaxation of being back in the now I'm not quit vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was you with Gabor Mate um, in your Gabor Mate course. He was saying an addict of anything has um, one time that they really feel great. That's when they're doing whatever thing that they're addicted to because that's the time you can relax because you're not addicted at that moment because you're doing the thing. So there's something in the background always probably tugging at you a little bit. Oh, let's get back to it. Let's have a drink. Mm. You know, even if you don't, you know, you might not be like some a crazy addict at mm-hmm. it, but still there's something in the background saying, no, nah, we should go back to that. Yeah, and that's always the way for the first little while. But yeah. I can promise you this, that eventually you get to a point, and I think it's past the one-year mark, where you don't really think, I don't think about it anymore, ever. No. Very rarely um, it pops up in my mind. That's why I've never really gone very deep into the AA thing. I know we didn't use it, and but I've seen countless examples of it really working for people who are really deep in. But I have always wondered about that thing where they are like that vibe that some people say that, you know, you're always an addict. And I mean, I guess we're touching on that in a way, but I I don't know, there's something about defining yourself that way. I can't really get my head around, but... Yeah, because I'm very big in uh, and work, when I work with people about changing their belief about themselves. Mm. So that's this... Yeah, I don't know if I want it because I, I don't want to poo-hoo AA because I think done it's... done so much good. But, I yeah. think it's a really awesome program as well, so... But that is a funny bit yeah. about it. But one thing is to think about your... It's not always an addiction, but as Gabor says, definition of addiction is craving for something and then getting some kind of benefit or pleasure from that something, but then having negative repercussions, but then not being able to stop doing it. That's the definition of addiction. Mm. And then an addiction is usually always an attempt to solve a problem mm. or an uncomfortableness or it's an attempt to solve something. Mm. Um, it's and it probably worked for some time, hmm. but then when it becomes dysfunctional or when you're becoming not happy with yourself anymore, then that's when it's obviously time to look at it. Hmm. So yeah, so realizing that it had a function, whatever, and that's usually in that unease. Get curious about that. So rather than try and hide from it or even be scared of it, can you lean into it and be hmm. curious about it and go, wow, what is this? What's really going on for me here? What can I learn about myself? Hmm. Like. Look at it as an exciting time to, yeah, to learn something about yourself, discover something, and then go and get some help mm. if you need to. Like, go and see a therapist if you've got some deep-seated mm. stuff and, um, yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm sort of preempting, thinking about what the listener's thinking right now, listening to what we're saying. Somebody might be saying, yeah, but you're presuming that I have all these problems. Not that bad, blah, blah, blah. But really, you quit for a reason. So, yeah. like, when you've got this date coming up, you obviously have been not drinking 
for a specific reason. And that reason hasn't changed just because you've got a 50th coming up or just because you feel like drinking now on a specific date. Everything that led up is just the same. It's unchanged. So I guess that's... I'm presuming that you, if you're in this situation, you probably have a reason to quit drinking and it was probably a good one Mm -hmm. because you probably wouldn't quit unless you had a good reason to quit. So I'm still going to be suggesting the boring option that it's probably good to stay quit and also let me make it a little less boring by saying on the other side of this event that's coming up is awesomeness because you are going to feel insanely good. Once you get through that date, you're going to feel awesome that you didn't drink on that date. So actually there's a bonus in getting past that date and not drinking. Oh, totally. But even on that night, like say there's an event coming up and you're nervous about it. When you get home that night, there is nothing better when you've got through it and you're washing your face and you're brushing your teeth and you're get, getting into bed with your jammies on and you feel you feel so good about it. You just feel kind of like clean. Do you remember mm, feeling mm. like that, Ash? Like that cleanness? I remember all... I remember the first time we went out to a really nice restaurant in Bali and I think we might have shared this on the podcast before, but it's worth repeating because, you know, we'd have these boozy dinners and it it wasn't like we would always get rolling drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we'd just have a bottle of wine or maybe two. <laughs> um, but cruise back on the motorbikes. Yeah. I remember after that first one feeling like as we left the restaurant, I really noticed it just going, oh, my God, I just feel so alert and awake yet also on another level i realized how tired i am because normally i don't i had when i was drinking i sort of don't realize how tired i am but actually my body's in a more tired state yeah you know but i'm not realizing it yeah so you're almost like it's just you stupefied a little one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when you're not smashed. We were talking about that in the challenge group the other day where a few of the people in the challenge are realizing they're actually just really tired because they would drink, you know, they'd feel tired and then drink to kind of get through the next bit. But now they're not drinking. They're realizing actually they were just tired and they actually probably need more rest. Or they need to be maybe perhaps taking care of their body a little better or whatever that is. But you start to tune in so well with your body. You start, to, And that's you were doing that massively, Ash, like being on tour and being so tired. I told the group about this 
and then you'd drink to get through because you were tired and then it was even making you more tired. So, mm. yeah. I mean, there's not much good about alcohol. <laughs> not really. <laughs> if you think about it like this, you think, oh, there isn't really anything really good. And I don't know, there's so many reasons to not do it and just to keep keep the focus going forward. Stay optimistic. Think about the night, how you're going to feel when you get home, how you'll feel the next day. And yeah, just remember those reasons that you had good reasons to not drink. I always think about your sister. Which mum? When she was not drinking and then she had a 50th coming up. <laughs> and then the next thing we saw, <laughs> split screen. She's like, I have to drink on this 50th. Was her really drunk, grabbing the birthday cake and then sort of falling over a little Singing bit. happy birthday. Singing happy birthday, <laughs> slurring and then dropping the cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nat. <laughs> It was pretty funny. But it was funny because um, we were talking about it. I was like, she shouldn't drink. She definitely shouldn't drink. And then the next thing, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so you can always have that. You've got to think of the split screen, like where you're going to where you're going to be. And then the other thing, this is one thing we've been working with in the challenge group, is to what think about what your response is going to be to people. People get nervous about that. So we worked on that in one of the Zoom calls. Okay, what is your response going to be to people mm. when when they ask if you're drinking? Mm. And you say, now, this was interesting because a lot of us would say, oh, I can't drink because I'm turning into a dickhead. Or I used to mm. say, oh, because I get the can't stops. Mm. You know, it's always like, I this, I that. And it's always like it's another yeah. form of self-deprecation. Mm. And so we've tried to put a, a, a positive spin on it. And we've got some great ones in the group. Like one of the guys in the group... He says, um, because alcohol holds me back. Mm. I think that was really, really cool. Another that would one- be seen as, um, that is a really good one. Sorry to interrupt. You've got to be strong to say that one because tall poppy in Australia does not like that. I think sometimes we drink because yeah. we almost don't want to make people feel like, yeah, I'm more of a go-getter than you are. I'm- mm, but anyway, I'm not work in it. Maybe that wouldn't work in a social context. I, I was just thinking of something. Alcohol will hold me back. I mean, it's a brilliant, optimistic kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you're saying it to somebody who's drinking, so you're sort of putting them down instead of putting yourself down. Mm. So mixing them together could be good. Like, you know, oh, you know, I just get the can't stop. I really found alcohol's holding me back, so I'm I'm just, I'm really happy to be sitting on the uh, heaps normals <laughs> or on the waters. Let's do a scenario. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, go on, have one. Oh, uh, no, thanks. I'm okay. Oh, no, you should have one. Uh, no, I don't think... I'm, I'm not I'm not going to drink. I'm not drinking at the moment. But it's such and such as 50th. You have to. <laughs> Fuck them. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm in training at the moment for a marathon and I want to like be in my best performance. So yeah. I just feel like alcohol would um, pull me back from that performance. Oh, but you can have one. No, no, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Just one. No, fuck off now. <laughs> See? So that's good. You're annoying me now. <laughs> um, anyway, so have your what you're going to say ready to roll, you know, whatever that is. Try, you know, if it's optimistic, even better. Because sometimes, too, that then if you say it in such an optimistic way, then people kind of go, oh, hang on a minute. Mm. Yeah, you can't be the – you shouldn't be the victim – um, because you're not a victim. It's a optimistic thing that you're doing to create a better future for yourself. I've got one. Uh, yeah. Sorry. 
Go, go, go. No, just like if someone offers you a drink and you say, oh, no, thanks, I'm not drinking, they'll say, well, I just, oh, I've had some time off and I just feel amazing and I just want to keep feeling like that. Yeah. Yeah, just feeling so good without it. Yeah, that's really cool to stick on the positive side of it. Because one thing you could Mm. fall into is like, um, and we know we've been there as drinkers, you think everybody else is really missing out who's not drinking when you're a drinker. Yeah. And you're trying to be the other thing that a drink is doing when they say, ah, have one. They're trying to be nice a lot of the time. Mm. They're actually trying to say, be included in my awesome fun. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like I'm going to be controversial and I know I was under this spell as well. I couldn't see the world any other way. I thought that alcohol was the ticket to fun. Mm-hmm. And I was being a good times guy by telling everybody to drink, and you know, mm, same. And um, they don't realize it, so you got to have compassion. You know, a lot of the times when you quit, you tend to see probably people who want to really force you to drink. You sort of see them in a bit of a negative light too, because it puts you under pressure, and you wish they wouldn't pressure you. Mm. But you have to remember they think they're doing something fantastic for you, mm-hmm. as they are, as they are slurring away. They're thinking, you know. I'm just going to encourage them to have a good time. Yeah. So um, to sort of have a bit of compassion for people who are drinking and, and say, no, 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 that's your good time. You you stick to it. That's awesome for you. Yeah, yeah. And it's good just to remember that the good times are to be had in that sobriety. Like the good time is to be had in the connection with people or the feeling so good about yourself the next day, not waking up hating yourself. That's a good time. Mm, I'd like to yeah. add... Can I add something to that? Also, not judging people for being drunk or um, or having a bit of a slur. You know, it's like being kind to those people thinking, oh, we've all been there. That was me last time I was at this thing. And just enjoying the fact that you're not without judging everybody else too much because you don't want to go... You, I, I mean, I have that because I play at venues where everybody else is bearing up or having a few having a few and getting a bit jolly or whatever mm-hmm. it's really important to me to not sit there judging other people for what mm-hmm. they're doing and i don't know I, I i can't really describe it but it actually makes it better i feel like if i was judging people i don't know I, it would be a bit of a negative i don't don't really want that in my life oh totally you, i think know, it would just, just put a negative on it yeah when, i think you want the whole journey to be an optimistic one yeah and i just think oh that's good for you you know, if you if you're getting tipsy and you think that's cool, great. That's good for you. I'm not into that, mm. and that's good for me. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Keep it optimistic. Keep it light. Keep it mm. fun. As you say, Ash, decide it's easy. Just mm. just be in a really as as much as you can. Just find the goodness in it, and mm. just keep reminding yourself how good it feels to not wake up. Because it's all about how you feel the next day. That's mm. the reason you want to stop. It's all mm. about how you feel the next day. And also maybe perhaps the obsession, if, if you are getting obsessed with it. Obsessed with? With wanting to drink. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about before you quit. So if either you're getting obsessed with it or that feeling the next day where you just feel terrible and you're self-loathing and the anxiety and all the rest of it, mm. feeling out of control. Mm. That is the reason why you want to stop. So mm. just remembering that, that that doesn't go away if you've had all this time off and you mm. go back to it, that is going to be there waiting for you, I assure you. So just just think, like, I'm not missing out on any... What I'm giving myself, and I know I say this a lot, but 
I'm giving myself this gift of not having to wake up hating myself, not mm. waking up feeling ashamed mm. or regretful or having really fucked up the night before. Mm. Yeah, and just a word, thanks for reminding me about the old it's easy theory. And I will remind people because there might be people who haven't heard that one before, but like telling yourself it's easy as a mental, something in your mental toolkit. It's almost like a technique that you use. It's not some silly denial of the elements of it that are difficult, but just to say, okay, I'm going to choose how hard this is for me. Do I want it to be out of 10 when I go to that wedding and everybody else is drinking, I'm not drinking? Do I want it to be a nine in terms of how hard it is? Or would I prefer a five or maybe a three or a one of how hard it is? Because it's amazing how much we actually can choose. And I know I can go to my own life and see how I love drinking. I thought it was essential to playing on stage, for example, but I'd made a year's commitment to not drink. And then once I'd made that commitment, it was easy because I wasn't going to break it. So I was just thinking about my gig. Whereas just a couple of weeks before that, I thought I needed to drink. And then as soon as I made the commitment... It was easy and I didn't have to. So mm. it's amazing what uh, what our brains are cap- capable of, or should I say our minds are capable of. And actually, we decide the level of suffering that we feel from quitting. If, if you stop and think about that, you personally decide your level of suffering. Mm-hmm. No one else comes and turns on your ear and turns the dial to eight out of 10 mm-hmm. or whatever, you decide, uh, you know, you could be like, I'm not drinking today and everybody else is drinking. That's one way to approach it or to just get into the night and be not drinking and realize that how far you've come and that you're doing yourself an awesome favor and that you'd been holding yourself back before, but now you're free of that and actually be happy about it. That's another option. Okay. So remember the old idea, it's easy. All I have to do is just not put a drink to my lips, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is looking at other people, like that sober smug thing, when you can look at other people too. No, it's not about judging them, but just thinking, oh, poor them, they have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also remembering, you, generally you can. it's easy to have compassion. That's what I do at my gigs because I see people who are in a idiotic state at some <laughs> sometimes and... The funniest thing I could ever do is be like, oh, look at that idiot. I know. I've been in that state. So it's like, totally. oh, yeah. it's almost cute. <laughs> but they are repeating that story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not cute. Absolutely. And my feet hurt. I'm going now. Yeah. So, you know, with all this stuff coming up, dive in, ask yourself the questions. What is really going on for me? Can I sit in the uncomfortable? And, and what is it that I'm so uncomfortable about? And what work can I do on that? So if you're really struggling with your own self-confidence, for example, there's so many things you can do for your own self-confidence, whether it's even starting positive affirmations, it's you could do a public speaking course, you could, there's lots of, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's tons of things you can do on the internet, different courses, working with a therapist. There's lots of things that you can do to try and work on your own self-confidence. But also if you're there and you're in that situation, just tap into your breath. Like if your mind is really, really getting up in your mind and thinking people are, I don't know, not enjoying your company, just take a few deep breaths, go off to the loo for a minute, you know, 
You don't, and you don't have to stay in a situation. You can get out of it. What's important is how you're going to feel the next day when you wake up. That is the most important thing. It's not about this moment you can leave, you can get out of, but that hell you wake up in the next, the next morning, sure it fades, but oh God, it's just, is it worth it? And also do the things that you know that work for you. If you do make this choice to, um, you were thinking about maybe breaking, but then you heard this podcast and you thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. Well, okay, what's in your toolkit? One of the best ones, of course, is one that we've talked about a lot and the thing that's in Danny's How I Quit Alcohol book and what people on the actual How I Quit Alcohol course do is like putting pen to paper. Yeah, is, make is, a plan. That making a plan, but also just doing like your journaling, like doing the, you've probably heard about it on this podcast a lot, but doing the gratitudes, doing the IMs, but then writing about what's coming up. You won't believe it. I, if you write about it, you have the answers already. We're kind of reminding you of the answers because if you're on this journey, you're on it for a reason. So just writing it out again, if you just write a page before you go to the thing, I bet you that will help you a lot because it's just you externalizing what's in there. There's one part of your mind that's holding all of this information and, and knowing the reason why you have quit. There's another part of your mind arguing with that and trying to override it and say, no, let's just do this. If you write it out, you might find you have all the answers. Absolutely, yeah. Writing it out is one of the best tools that you can do. And I do it for pretty much everything in life. But if you were to say, okay, I've got this thing coming up. And if you wrote down, okay, what's making me nervous about it? Why am I nervous about it? What can I do to alleviate those nerves that aren't drinking? You know, what else could I do? Could I keep myself, you know, I've talked about this a million times, but keep yourself busy at the party or go and don't stay too long with one person even. Help clean up, help take the food out. But So what is it that's bothering me? What's What could I do if I'm feeling, get it all on paper and it just do, helps get you straight in your mind. What do I stand to gain from drinking? What do I stand to lose from drinking? What have I gained from sobriety? Yeah, just put it all down on paper. And even if you do that every day, you know, and just to to feel that commitment, to feel clear, as soon as you get things on paper, and that's why journaling is so great, that you it just gives you so much clarity. What do you think the most famous people in your life, actors, uh, musicians, athletes in particular, people who really need to um, channel a vision, they've been doing that. And, you know, I guess this is your... These tests are the narrative of your life and it's your big things. It might not be a big deal to somebody else from the outside, but it's a big deal to you and it actually shapes the whole future of your life, some of these decisions. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. You know, like if you choose option A, you go down one path, you might even keep getting better and not, not even know yourself in five years when you're in all these good habits. Option B... You'd start drinking at one party and where in the choose your own adventure does that lead? Mm. You don't know how how interesting in a negative way that story could actually end up getting. You gotta play it forward. Um, so yeah. Play it that tape oh, the forward. Play it forward. That's mm. an interesting thing. Yeah, playing it forward and, and thinking where does this where does this drink take me? And what so- is playing it forward? If if people are um new is there, is there anything more you can say about playing it forward? Well, it's just where where does this drink take me? So, so a, imagine that you've had the drink and then you've had another drink, another drink, and then 
where would this drink take me? Like, what's the possibilities for me? It could be like, you know, you fuck your best friend's husband. I don't know. Or, mm. or not even that bad. But also then how are you going to feel the next day? So always thinking forward, like, how am I going to feel the next day? Mm. And that was the thing. And I say this a lot, but again, this is what spurred me on. It was just not my biggest driver was knowing that I wasn't going to wake up feeling like that hating, that hatred, the self-hatred. Mm. And that was enough to keep me going. And I knew if I had this one drink, I'm straight back there. I'm straight mm. back to that self-hatred town. And I hated that town. <laughs> I'm so glad mm. I've moved out of there. And just, you know, again, like no one ever regrets not drinking. So stay on your path and keep reminding yourself, remind yourself how good you feel, even if you do it every day. Like I say, if you do it in your journal, write it down every day. Like, what have I gained from this so far? Even if it's only been two days without alcohol, what have I gained in these two days? And what do I stand to gain if I keep on going? And just keep that optimism going. Stay optimistic and mm. and dare to dream about yourself in the future. Like, where could you end up if you keep going? You, know, you just have no idea what could open up for you. And we spoke about that last week in the podcast with Scott mm. and Claire. Mm. It's just so amazing. So, yeah, there's some uncomfortable waters to navigate. But uh, what does your mate Rasta say? The smooth seas never made a skillful sailor. Mm-hmm. That's it. I love that saying, you know, and think about that all the time, especially when you're having a rough time, you know. Mm. Mm. It's those, it's the it's the rough stuff that that's where the wisdom is. That's where you learn and grow. And um, that's where so the beauty true. is. So true. Yeah, absolutely. So keep going, folks. And if this resonated with you, let us know. Let us know if you got through something, if you heard this podcast and you decided, fuck it, I'm going to keep going. Let <laughs> us know because we'd be interested. And um, thank, and I'll just, you know, thank you everyone for all your mess. I get a lot of messages every day and I do try and get back to most people just saying that this podcast has helped them so much and I'm just just cry tears of joy every time I read those messages because I'm just so grateful to be on this journey and to have been able to help people. And so you never know what you're capable of. You might mm. start your own podcast about booze mm. <laughs> and help people. You know, who knows? The possibilities are endless. You don't know what you're capable of. Yeah. And so I also just wanted to let people know that our January challenge, the three-month challenge is open for registration. We've already getting quite a few spots filled up already. And this new challenge is awesome. So we've got Lyndall working on the team as well. She's already working on the current with the current group. So she holds the midweek calls often and is just she's there as awesome. Yeah, she's People amazing. love Lyndall and she's got she's on the podcast and she's got a great depth of experience that's kind of like different to ours. Yeah, and she's in the AA program, but she's also studying counselling and has worked with me a lot through my programs and she's brilliant. And then we've also got the awesome Sam Brown. She'll be she's doing a um five day breath course we've built that into the course as well so that'll be every morning you get up at 6 15 join the group on zoom just for the five mornings and we do some pretty deep breath work and she'll do an evening one as well and yeah it's just it's really great and this current group we've got going at the moment is just going great guns they are amazing so stoked like they're very interactive on the facebook group and in the in the midweek cups of tea and the catch-ups and they're just awesome legends that's what you got to do you got to really enjoy the sobriety journey and make it almost like a hobby and and Mm. froth on it a little bit just get into it and when people do get into it like that and just participate it's very it's a lot harder to fall off it's when you sort of 
not being active in your sobriety in a way. It yeah. sort of makes it harder for you. Yeah. That's our dog. <laughs> Reg. Reggie the studio dog. Um, all right, guys. So have a great week and um, see you next week for the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.